0: Jesus came, the Ham's adoring, came with peace from realms on high. Jesus came to with redemption, lowly came on earth to die. Felt prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, comes to save us from despair. Jesus comes to hearts rejoicing, bringing news of sins forgiven. Jesus comes with words of Thank you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is the name of the Lord. that I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you all my
1: sin.
0: Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities, with which I have ever offended You, and justly deserved Your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them. And I pray You of Your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of Your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this Your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the Word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and instead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Of His people, He is the saving refuge of His anointed. Save Your people and bless Your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them for ever. Of my pleas for mercy when I cry to thee for help, when I lift up my hands towards your most holy sanctuary. The saving refuge of His anointed. Save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Lord. on, hold. the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. Lord of all power and might, author and giver of all good things, graft into our hearts the love of your name and increase in us true religion and nourish us with all goodness. And of your great mercy, keep us in the same through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this, the sixth Sunday after Trinity, is written in the 20th chapter of the second book of Moses, commonly called the Exodus, beginning at the first verse. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath. Or that is in the water under the earth you shall not bow down to them nor serve them for I the Lord your God am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the sons to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me but showing steadfast love to thousands who love me and keep my commandments you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain remember the Sabbath day Keep it holy six days. You shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you, nor your sons, nor your daughters, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given unto you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his donkey, or his oxen, or anything that is your neighbor's. This is the word of the Lord. Be to God. Amen. Return, O Lord, how long? Have pity upon your servants. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The Epistle lesson is written in the sixth chapter of St. Paul's letter to the church at Rome, beginning at the first verse. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live within it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him in baptism into death in order that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father so we too may walk in newness of life for if we've been united with him in a death like his we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought into nothing so that we might no longer be enslaved to sin This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. In you, O oh Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Hallelujah. 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 Holy gospel is written in the 5th chapter of St. Matthew beginning at the 17th verse. Glory be to thee, o Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, not one iota, not a dot will pass from the law till all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever does them and teaches them, will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard it said of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift and go at the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to the court. Lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you pay the last penny. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee. Praise be to thee, O Christ. Who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate he suffered and was buried and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There are rumors of an offensive, so we go up to the front two days earlier than usual. On our way we pass a shelled out schoolhouse stacked up against the longer side is a high double wall of yellow, unpolished, brand new coffins. They still smell of resin and pine in the forest. There are at least a hundred of them. That's a good preparation for the offensive, says Miller, astonished. They're for us, growls, Dietering. Don't talk rot, says Cat at him angrily. You'd be thankful if you get so much as a coffin, grins Tagen. They'll slip you in a waterproof shir- sheet for your old Aunt Sally of a carcass. And the others jest too, unpleasant Jess. But What else can a man do? The coffins really are for us, so writes Eric Maria Remarque in his classic All Quiet on the Western Front. It was actually the first book that got me into wanting to read books. The true story, although fictionalized, of Remarque had been in the German Army in World War I, survived it. And that book was kind of like his experiences. And, you know, he goes on to say that the coffins really are for us because he said the front is a cage in which we must just fearfully wait whatever will happen. We live under a network of arching shells. We live in suspense of uncertainty. Over us, chance hovers. If a shot comes, we duck, that's all. We neither know nor can determine where it will fall. It is this chance that makes us indifferent. A few months ago, I was sitting in a dugout playing scat. After a while, I stood up and went to visit some friends in another dugout. On my return, nothing more was to be seen of the first one. It had been blown to pieces by a direct hit. I went back to the second, and in the interval, it had been buried. It's just a matter of chance. In a bomb-proof dugout, I may be blown to atoms. And then out in the open, I may survive 10 hours of bombardment unscathed. Yet no one survives a 1,000 chances. Eventually, everyone is killed is what remarks said. And that's the same thing is true for us, isn't it really? Aren't the coffins for us? They are. Don't kid yourself. The coffins are for us. Because no one survives a thousand chances. Eventually one of them is going to get us. They are. And yet what's going to get us is not a French 75 millimeter shell hitting our dugout. No. It's something much more deadly, and that's God's law. See, as as Paul makes very clear in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, the letter kills. God's law is a killer. Why? Why is it a killer? Is it a killer because God's law is evil? No. No. The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm nineteen seven says. But we're not perfect, are we? No, we're not. That's the reason why St. Paul writes and. Romans chapter three that by deeds of the law will no no flesh be just no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin in other words what the law is is like a mirror but a real mirror a truthful mirror see I, I think sometimes that our mirrors lie to us they make us look thinner than we are or make us look better than we are for some reason I really do think they do lie you know and um, but God's law is a mirror that's completely truthful it shows you the way you look to God. And we look pretty ugly to God because of our sins, our unbelief, our betrayals. We look ugly to God, right? And that's and we don't like that, do we? We resent it. That's the reason why we don't like going to church. It's the reason why we struggle to pray and read the Bible, and, and you know it is. It is because we don't want to see ourselves the way we really are. We want to see ourselves according to the fictions that we have woven for us to see ourselves in. But as one philosopher once said, better is a hard truth than a comforting lie, right? You see, God's law alerts us to our sins, just as a good doctor would alert you to avoid things that will kill you, or a good police officer will caution you against dangerous behaviors or hazards, right? But we resent any check on our behaviors, don't we? Don't we really? I know I do. We don't like that. Therefore, the law serves a vital purpose. And this explains why Jesus says in today's gospel lesson, Do not think that I've come to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth shall pass away, not one jot, not one tittle will by any means pass away from the law till all is fulfilled. Jesus says, do not think. Do not think. He is rebutting people who back then and even today think that because Jesus died on a cross, because Jesus said it is finished on the cross, that somehow the law doesn't, doesn't apply to anyone anymore. That's a misunderstanding. As Jesus makes very clear, he isn't abolishing or annulling God's these scriptures because in John 10.35 Jesus says scripture cannot be broken we can try to break it but we are about as successful breaking the scripture as a brand new Corvette off the assembly line in Bowling Green Kentucky would be successful against a, a stone cliff hitting it at 200 miles an hour No, you can't break God's law you can merely be broken upon it Think about that corvette again and the law here refers literally to the torah or the pentateuch the books of moses genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and the prophets refers to the rest of the hebrew bible and just as a sidebar here i think we americans have been sort of conditioned by certain bible societies that have chosen to exclude the old testament with the exception of the psalms from their bibles when they hand them out on the street corners and i think that's a real serious tactical error a strategic error because it's hard to really appreciate the sweetness of the gospel if you don't if you have no you're not conversant in the hebrew side of the bible Jesus seems to think in today's gospel lesson that all all of the Hebrew Bible is important, not just the Psalms, all of it. Right? That's why he makes it very clear he comes to fulfill the law and the prophets. Right? Now, all of the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, all of it is is important and pertinent to our life and our in our in the salvation of our souls. That's why Jesus says. To the, his critics, the Pharisees, you, you know neither the scriptures nor the power they're in. Because if you knew the scriptures, you would know that they all speak of me. And he's talking about the Hebrew Bible there, by the way. Because the New Testament doesn't exist yet. Now, Jesus, as the Messiah, is the fulfillment of the Hebrew scriptures. Both in the, the, the Torah or the, the books of Moses. And in the rest of the Bible, which is what the prophets represent. He fulfills them both. Yet, what does what does it mean to fulfill? To plerao, plereo. Right? What does that mean? You know, and the pl- plereo means like like filling up a glass of water. Well, I think it means two things here, especially first that, that Jesus fulfills the law and the prophets. He displaces them insofar as he must become the center of our attention. He's the one that all the prophets and all that the law pointed to and predicted. He is the one who's finally revealed to us when the final Old Testament prophet that's John that we know as John the Baptist points to Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Secondly, the fact that Jesus fulfills the law is also important, because if the law is fulfilled, it cannot on that account be set aside. Fulfillment. Can only confirm the Torah's truth. Not cast doubt upon it. And while many. Of Jesus' new demands. May surpass the demands. Of the Old Testament. It doesn't mean they they can contradict them. They simply strengthen them. Just like murder. right? You've heard it said. You shall not murder. And anybody that murders. Shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you. Whoever is angry with his brother is liable to judgment. Whoever says to his brother, you fool, is liable to the hell of fire. Jesus strengthens the law. Their their imperatival force is undiminished. It doesn't contradict it. In fact, Jesus makes this clear many times in different contexts. Just like in today's gospel lesson, when he says, assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth will pass away not one jot not one tittle will by any means pass away from the law till all of it is fulfilled which then begs the question has god's law been fulfilled i mean jesus did say it is finished did he not when he hung upon the cross which this piece of artwork reminds us of yes he did say that so his church the bible all this other stuff that's related to the faith, is it simply now irrelevant? Meaningless? Does it not matter? Can we now just do whatever we want? And the answer is there's nothing. Is there nothing left to be done? And the answer to that is absolutely not true. For God's law still exists. And we are still judged against its standards. And daily, we fail to live up to those standards, do we not? And the wages of sin is what? St. Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in Romans 3.23 that the wages of sin is death. Death. Yet because Jesus fulfills the law, he he provides to us an alternative sentence of innocent by grace through faith. Right? And this good news alternative is given to us by Jesus' through the means of Jesus' preached gospel, His good news, right? And His rightly celebrated sacraments. Because it is in holy baptism that we are born again of water and spirit, and we have the certainty that God has chosen us, even though we do not deserve that, His, his choosing. We've not earned it in any way. And it's also true that in holy communion, we taste the forgiveness of sins which Jesus completed for us on the cross through His death. And sealed for us in his resurrection when we take the Lord's Supper Holy Communion by these means of grace Jesus is fulfilling God's law in us and giving us the fulfillment of God's law to us because he kept the law until it was finished and he now makes us just in his justness by faith and for this reason the just shall live by faith for this reason while it is true as a remark observes in his book, All Quiet in the Western Front, that the coffins are for us. And they are. They are for us. Yet those coffins will be for our bones, but a temporary resting place. And we know this because Jesus lives and because he lives, we shall live also. So that while we may die, we, while our bo- we are absent from our bodies, we know that we will be present with the Lord. And that in the resurrection, our bodies and souls will be reunited, and be made like unto Christ's glorious body. it's uh so good to be back among you um i've been uh, traveling for a few weeks um visiting uh, family and friends and uh it's really nice to be here with you Um, i'm just really thankful for for everyone that's here today, uh, especially what, what a nice uh, anniversary y'all uh, gave to me uh, a few weeks ago, and I really appreciate that. It's really, really kind. Uh, it, it's been a great honor to be your pastor and continues to be, and I'm just very thankful for all of you. Sometimes it's it's hard. We, w- we want to look at the glass and see half empty, but really, really the Lord provides for us, and this is a, a great place that he's provided for us, and I just... I just thank, every, thank the Lord every day for all of you, so it's great to be back. Also, uh, we have one prayer request this morning by Bonnie Smith. She asked that we pray for uh, her friend Wanda, uh, who has got serious lung disease, and so we pray for Miss Wanda today. Lord, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the church of christ and the godly unity of all christendom let us pray to the lord Lord, for this holy house and for those who in faith piety and the fear of god offer here their worship and praise let us pray to the lord Lord, for matthew and eric our shepherds and bishops in christ for all pastors and teachers and all people let us pray to the lord For our nation, all our people, for Joe, our president in the Congress of the United States, for Kay, our governor in the legislature of Alabama, for our judges and magistrates and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray for Doris and Alice, for Joyce and Mary, Mark and, and, and Mary Alice and Eddie and Norma and Kim and Suzette, for Stephen and Melissa Bonnie and Gray and Bob and and Martha for Marilyn and Meredith and James for George and Larry Dean and Earl Suzette and Bob Mallory and Mark and Hank and Jay for Tracy and Michelle Carl and Karen Jimmy and Tina for Ainsley and Kevin and Ron and Jesse for Ralph and and Theo and Easton and Waylon and Ryan and we also pray Heavenly Father for all the families of our parish who mourn especially the Pierce and Diederding family Parsons and Connors family the uh, the Bolton and Heil family the Blackwell and Cooper family and the Blunt and Davis family And we pray Heavenly Father all for all those in in service to our country's armed forces, especially uh, for Riley and Paul Hayden and 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 Paul And we pray Heavenly Father for our university students including Minnie and and Aiden and Jacob And we pray Heavenly Father also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all that when our last hour shall come We may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith the consolation of a right devout and holy open in the communion of christ holy church let us pray to the lord Lord, recalling those who've gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the sabbath rest which christ has won for his people that together with them we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead let us pray to the lord We pray especially this day for Miss Wanda as she is um, going through the serious trial of lung disease. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, look down from heaven, visit, behold, and relieve thy servant Wanda for whom we offer up our supplications. Look upon her with the eyes of thy mercy and give her comfort and sure confidence in thee. And and we know that no word is too hard for thee and that you can heal our greatest infirmities. And so we pray that if it be your will that you would defend Wanda the dangers of the enemy and that you would take from her this lung disease if it be your will or else give her strength so as to receive this visitation for the for the enrichment strength of her soul we ask this through jesus christ's name who lives and reigns with you heavenly father and the holy spirit one god now and forever Lord